Hello and welcome along to the Feats podcast. It's uh, time for another edition. This is edition number five of my new podcast that focuses on everyday cycling and active travel, sustainable travel, with a particular focus on Nuneaton, Warwickshire and the West Midlands, but also the wider UK and anywhere else that takes my fancy as well. Thanks for joining me today on this latest edition. Coming up on the podcast, we're going to have a look finally at the new Bedworth Physical Activity Hub that is being planned for the small town of Bedworth, which is located just between Nuneaton and Coventry in Warwickshire. This was something I was going to cover off in the last podcast, but we ran out of time. So I've got that all recorded and all ready. So we'll just jump back in time, if you like, and go into what's going on with that. Also coming up later on in the podcast, we'll have a quick look at what's going on with the local cycling and walking infrastructure plan that is in draft with Warwickshire County Council and is going out to consultation today, actually, as I record this, the 17th of June 2022. And also some other comments and uh, things that have caught my eye in cycling and active travel and sustainable travel over the last few days as well. So before we get into all that, though, do remember, if you haven't subscribed already, make sure you've got the subscribe button hit on your favorite podcast app the feats podcast is listed on all the popular places so that's spotify apple amazon music google podcasts tune in podbean podcatcher and a variety of other places as well all you need to do to find the podcast in your podcast app is to search for feats cycle and remember feats is the dutch word for an everyday bicycle so it's f-i-e-t-s and the word cycle after it as well, feet cycle, and the podcast will appear. And don't forget to tell any friends or colleagues or anyone else who you think might be interested in my my layperson witterings and musings about sustainable and active travel and what is going on locally in the Nuneaton and Warwickshire area, but also more broadly in the UK as well. This is a locally focused podcast, but it doesn't mean that uh, anyone else is excluded. Everybody is welcome. So do spread the word and uh, get as many people listening in as possible. You can spread the word, of course, over on social media or on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever else you may be. So, without further ado, let's jump back in time and pick up where I was last time when I was going to talk about the Bedworth Physical Activity Hub. It's been uh, public knowledge for a little while now that Bedworth is going to get an upgraded leisure centre called the Bedworth Physical Activity Hub, which is excellent news for the uh, the small town that uh, lies between Nuneaton and Coventry. The current leisure centre is is old, it's tired, it sits on the edge of a major park for the town, the Miner's Welfare Park, but it doesn't integrate with that park, um, or at least not well. So the leisure centre has come to the end of of its life and it's being replaced. As part of the replacement, there's been uh, usual things with plans and travel plans and the like and setting objectives about how people should travel to the site. Um, Of course, there are all the broader things as well about how it all integrates with the park. But for this particular podcast, I'm focusing on travel and there are some issues. Let's put it that way. Now, the the whole scheme, the Bedworth Physical Activity Hub, as uh, as it's officially called, it will undoubtedly just be called the Leisure Centre. The whole scheme is excellent. It's going to be a nice high quality uh, leisure facility that integrates with a wider park. It'll have more facilities than the existing leisure um, centre. But there are problems with transport in the uh, in the current plans. 
There is what's known as a framework travel plan that's been conducted by a uh, external consultant, Hexa Consulting. And in this plan, they make an evaluation about how people can cycle. Is the site accessible by cycle? And there's a whole section about accessibility by cycle. Unfortunately, the evaluation done by the consultants is entirely, entirely flawed. It makes a point about a 30 mile an hour major road through Bedworth. This is Coventry Road for people who are local and may know it. A 30 mile an hour road that takes uh, a lot of traffic, mixed use traffic, so cars, vans, buses, HDVs. On a 30 mile an hour speed limit, it's lined with parked cars. There are pedestrian guardrails in places. There are pinch points in places. The evaluation done by the consultants says there are no safety concerns and you can cycle here and it's fine. But it's not fine. <laughs> it absolutely is not fine. It might be okay for somebody who's a confident cyclist, who's happy to sit in the middle of the lane and assert their control where they need to, for example, through pinch points, keeping distance from parked cars where doors might suddenly open and all that sort of thing. But for somebody who's less confident, maybe a child rider, then, you know, less confident people are not going to do that and they don't want to do that. I don't particularly want to do that and I'm quite confident in doing it, but I don't want to. I don't want to sit in the middle of the lane knowing that I've got a queue of motor vehicles behind me that might be tailgating me, who uh, might be trying to intimidate me in order so that they can overtake and pass and speed off. I don't want that and I'm confident enough to do it. So people who are less confident than me and uh, children, for example, new riders, inexperienced riders, people who are maybe not quite so steady, they're not going to want to do this. And therefore, it is not a safe route for everyday cycling. If you're a family who's going to the leisure centre, fancy a swim, for example, you're not going to want to cycle down Coventry Road. Let's say there's even two of you. You're not going to want to. Maybe there's a parent and a child. You're not going to want to cycle down Coventry Road to a breast because, you know, as a parent, you want to shield the child from potential close passes. So you're to a breast, which is just going to wind up drivers behind you even more. It's not safe. It's not attractive. Who's going to want to do it? Very, very few people will want to do it. And therefore... The leisure centre, the physical activity hub, is not accessible by cycle. But the conclusion of this report, this framework travel plan by the consultants, is that the site is accessible by cycle. Bedworth has no cycle infrastructure. The residential areas surrounding it, their old design, there are plenty of through routes and cut-throughs. We don't have quiet neighbourhoods or LTNs. I mean, there are one or two modal filters dotted around, I'm sure. But as a, uh, as a as a theme, we don't have that. There are no cycleways on major routes. Even the park itself, the Miners Welfare Park, officially, according to signs that exist on entrances, and I've checked this, they're still there as of a few weeks ago, the Miners Welfare Park cannot be cycled through. Yet the framework travel plan says, hey, you could cycle through the park. The framework travel plan even goes so far as to put a map in that shows how far you could theoretically cycle in 30 minutes and therefore says 
that the Bedworth Physical Activity Hub is accessible by cycle within 30 minutes from this huge area, which stretches down into the north of Coventry and right up to Nuneaton, of course, and across to Bulkington and various other you know, villages that aren't a million miles away. You know, all of that can be cycled within 30, 30 minutes. You're probably looking at a, you know, a radius of maybe five miles. Maybe six, depends on the, the specification they use for this map, and I don't recall it actually saying. But the point here is, if there's no safe cycle infrastructure, does it matter how far away somewhere is? I mean, Bulkington is a large village, which to the best of my knowledge has no significant, anyway, no significant uh, ledger facilities. So... The Bedworth Physical Activity Hub could well be something that people who live in the village of Bulkington will want to travel to. Bulkington's not far away, it's just a few couple of miles. But the road that connects Bulkington to Bedworth? That's a 50 mile an hour rural route. With no protected cycling. So is it accessible? This, as I say, is just a few miles away. It's easily within a 30 minute cycle journey. But that doesn't matter. If you're a family who want to go swimming, maybe go for a run around the track, or whatever else might be going on, the the, uh, the physical activity hub in Bedworth, and you want to go there, are you going to take your bike with your child, let's say a 10-year-old, who maybe isn't particularly fast, bit wobbly maybe, could have done some bike ability lessons, maybe he has, maybe hasn't, are you going to take this child with you on a 50 mile an hour rural road that connects between Bulkington and Bedworth that has no cycle infrastructure? My answer to that is a great big fat no. The place isn't accessible. You cannot get from Bulkington to Bedworth by cycle when you're an everyday cyclist. Yes, you can do it. You can do it if you're confident and you're quick enough and you're happy to deal with the traffic that's going to be around you. But as an everyday cyclist, as a family going for a ride down, it's not accessible. It is not safe. But this framework travel plan paints this picture that this whole 30 minute area is accessible by cycle because it's within 30 minutes of, of a reasonable cycle. It's not appropriate to look at travel time when evaluating whether somewhere is accessible by bike or not. You have to look at the real world situation on the ground with these roads. You have to look at it and say, hypothetically, Bulkington to Bedworth, can people do it? Is there a route that is safe? From Nuneaton to Bedworth, is there a route that is safe? From the north of Coventry into Bedworth, is there a route that is safe? And in almost all cases, the answer is no. Now, from Nuneaton to Bedworth, which is perhaps less of a capture because Nuneaton has its own leisure facilities, but let's go with it anyway. Nuneaton to Bedworth does have National Cycle Route number 52 running along the Coventry Canal to Bedworth. But the problem here is that it ends before the Miners' Welfare Park. And the problem is also that it runs along the Coventry Canal. The Coventry Canal is not necessarily accessible in its own right. Access onto that canal is often barriered. The canal towpath is 
okay it's reasonable in dry weather it's a bit dusty but it's reasonable but in wet weather it's frequently filled with puddles and wet and not particularly nice it's not overly wide so if you're inducing more cycle journeys along the coventry canal that's very 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 quickly going to get congested and difficult to move along but the biggest problem is that it ends before the Miners' Welfare Park. And the problem there is, at its terminus in Bedworth, there is a very poor modal filter, which wouldn't be accessible to all cycles. You can bump a curb in a regular cycle, maybe, but in other cycles or other cyclists might not be able to do that. So getting past this barrier at its terminus is potentially an issue. But then you're essentially left to fend for yourself on busy 30 mile an hour roads the first of which is difficult to turn onto because of parked cars and you cannot see a clear view left and right to be able to determine whether it's safe for you as a solo cyclist to pull on to the main road never mind if you've got children in tow so you're expected to ride on these busy roads through pinch points over roundabouts before you eventually get to the Miners' Welfare Park, which is not a massive distance away, so it'd be less than a kilometre. But when you've got these busy main roads in the way, the fact that it's a kilometre away might as well be that miles away because it is a physical barrier to getting there. And plenty of people will say, no, I will not let a child ride on these roads. And they'd be right to say it because I've ridden on these roads. And even when I'm asserting my position, drivers can be hostile. They can tailgate you. They can try and speed past. They can close past you. They can not notice you at a roundabout and pull out on you. So even with all the skills that an experienced cyclist would have, it's still a hazardous experience to ride this short route. So the fact that it's only a short distance away is irrelevant, but the framework travel plan will paint it as accessible because it's only a short distance away. It does not take into consideration anything about the actual road network on the ground and how you're supposed to cover that particular gap. You're supposed to dismount and walk? Okay, what if you can't? You know, that also adds a lot of extra time. Cycling, even at a modest speed, is still going to be about three times faster than walking. It's vastly easier to cycle as well. So this framework travel plan has been conducted by the consultants, Hexa Consulting, presumably as a desk exercise. I have no idea if they've actually paid a, a visit to the site. But my perception is that the evaluation has been done from the position of a confident, experienced, adult male cyclist who may be riding fast and may be able to shrug off safety concerns that are very, very evident for anyone who just wants to actually bother to take a look. The cycling hasn't been evaluated in the context of a child cycling to the site hasn't been taken in the context of someone riding solo who may be not be very experienced. It hasn't been taken in the context of female cycling. So the whole thing is flawed. Now, I've put representations into Nuneaton Bedworth Council stating this in no uncertain terms, that these are the flaws with this framework travel plan. But we need the consultants who are commissioned to do these things to basically get up to date and understand what cycling means and what it means for somewhere to be accessible by cycle. 
It shouldn't be the case that me as a layperson can look at this consultation report, this framework travel plan, look at it and say, hang on a minute, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. These are people who are paid to do this sort of thing. Me, I'm not paid to do this. I'm just sitting here waffling away into a microphone or tapping away on a keyboard, you know, free of charge. By the way, anyone wants to uh, send a little tip my way, you can do that over at the website feats.uk, F-I-E-T-S.uk. There's a shameless plug there, a shameless opportunity for a plug. But no, I don't do this to get paid. I do this because I want to see something better. But I am a layperson. I'm not qualified in highways matters. I'm not qualified as a consultant to look at a road network and say, is this safe for cycling or not? But I can look at it and say, no, that's not safe for cycling. And you, as a paid consultant, are absolutely wrong in your conclusions. So I hope that this will be looked at again. The difficulty is, of course, that the Bedworth Leisure Centre, or the Physical Activity Hub, as I should call it, is its own thing. It will be created and the road network around it isn't going to be changed. It's beyond the scope of the site. You can look at what's going on within the site and say, OK, we're going to make it as good as possible for cycling here in the site. But the broader town network is obviously a much bigger issue. But the framework travel plan should at least highlight the problems so that they can be front and centre when it comes to these matters, when it comes to the road network and you know, when the proposals are put forward to say, hey, can we have something better here? And you go back to the reports and say, you know, that physical activity hub we had built a few years ago. Well, they made the point that cycling wasn't accessible. Let's do something about it. It should all be there. The consultants should have identified it. It should have been there. That should have been a document that would enable us as advocates and other people, you know, people in highways who want to see better infrastructure, car free infrastructure to go and say this was the official findings of Hexa Consulting in this case, when they had the Bedworth Physical Activity Hub built. Because of that, we need to put something better in. But we haven't got that. And I hope that my drawing attention to it with the council directly will mean that these matters are looked at because they do need looking at. There is a plan to have a greenway connection between Bedworth Town Centre and the Miners' Welfare Park. That will help. It all depends on what goes on in the Miners' Welfare Park in terms of how they route cycling through there because there is a plan to open it up to cycling, which is good. The issues I have at the moment is the plans are very much for shared use space. I'm not a fan of shared use space, even through a park. I do think on a primary cycle route, pedestrians and cyclists should be physically separated. I think it's an accessibility issue. People don't want cyclists coming through weaving between them. It's not ideal. It's not ideal for cyclists. Cyclists don't want necessarily want to weave between people either. So it's, you know, it's a two-way thing. But pedestrians particularly, as the most vulnerable road user, do not want cyclists weaving between them. It's an accessibility issue because somebody who is visually impaired or is maybe less stable may find the perceived danger from cyclists moving close by them as higher. Now, the risk of collision may be very low. But that perceived risk is important. If someone perceives a danger of using a particular route, they may well not use it. This is a very, very similar story, isn't it? You know, pedestrians may not use a route that's got cycling on it because they perceive it as dangerous in the same way that cyclists may not use a route that's got heavy motor traffic on it because we perceive it as dangerous. So I would like to see a separated cycleway through the park. 
on a primary network. Now, I'm not saying every single path has to be separated, but a primary network running through the park from the north to the south should be separated. So I do think there are some things that need to be worked out there. Um, and also how it connects into the town centre. All this stuff is all up in the air at the moment. But as things stand today, we can't say, oh, yes, there's going to be a greenway because it's not there yet. We can't say, oh, there's going to be this improvement over here or this improvement over there because these things haven't happened yet. There's an aspirational route by Warwickshire County Council to run a bit of a windy cycleway between the north of Bedworth and the south of Bedworth, again using the Miners' Welfare Park as a connection. But it's not there yet. It's not funded yet. So while these things do not exist, the situation on the ground today is that the site of the Bedworth Physical Activity Hub, and by extension the current Leisure Centre, is not accessible by cycle. So I will keep an eye on what's going on with that. I hope things will improve. But as I say, it's a difficult one because the road network itself and the wider town is obviously beyond the scope of the physical activity hub itself. In terms of the physical activity hub itself, I hope to see that they'll put things in that make cycling and walking as attractive as possible. Um, that includes inclusive cycle storage not just Sheffield stands, but places for non-standard cycles as well. I have made the point that they're increasing car parking spaces, and I said that will induce driving demand. It's a small thing, but it's an, another way of inducing driving, making driving easier. If one of the objectives, and it is a stated objective, is to reduce single occupancy car trips, well, don't increase the number of parking spaces. I also made the point that uh, you've got all this electric vehicle charging going in. What about electric cycle charging? That's a thing. There's also a point about public transport access. There's bus stops on Coventry Road itself, a little way from the, uh, the entrance. There's no seating, there's no shelter, but public transport is deemed sufficient according to the framework travel plan. It's another issue slight sidestep from maybe the focus of this podcast, but it's still an important consideration. I think public transport should route straight into the site. I think there should be a covered bus stop. I think there should be seating because you don't make somewhere attractive by public transport versus driving when if you're taking the bus, you finish your swimming session or your session at the gym or whatever it might be, then you have to go and stand in the wind and the rain no shelter, no seating while you wait for a bus to turn up. Whereas if you're uh, getting in a car, well, you just got a short hop across the car park into your nice climate controlled car out of the rain and off you go home. Which one's attractive? Let's put aside the cost for a moment as well of public transport. Which one is attractive? It's going to be the car. So there are lots of problems with the Bedworth Physical Activity Hub. I'm really keen on the whole scheme, but these things need to be looked at. And uh, I feel like the consultants have really let down Nuneaton and Bedworth Borough Council, who have commissioned the consultants, because they've not identified the problems. They've just said, yeah, there's a bus stop there, it's fine. Yeah, there's a national cycleway over there, a kilometre away, it's fine. 30 mile an hour speed limit, that's not that fast. It's fine. But it's not fine. It needs to be done better. 
And as we bring you back to the present day, it wasn't such a little roundup of the Bedworth Physical Activity Hub, and you can probably see now why I decided not to include it in the last podcast, because it would have gone on for a fair while. But there we are. It's an important uh, piece of analysis, I think, an important thing to look at, an important point to make about what consultants need to be doing when they look at what's going on with, uh, with cycling infrastructure and public transport infrastructure and sustainability and accessibility and all the rest of it. Since then, I do believe that Warwickshire County Council is keen to see an extension of National Cycle Route number 52, the one that uh, currently ends about half a kilometre away from the site of the physical activity hub. They're keen to see an extension of that route into the site. So if that does happen, that will be an improvement. Of course, it doesn't solve the whole situation about accessibility on the whole sphere of uh, access points into the physical activity hub, but it will improve one particular route and that would be a benefit to see. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on it and see what happens. If there are any developments, then, uh, then I dare say I will be reporting on them. And uh, if that's not quite enough for you, for the Bedworth Physical Activity Hub. You can also read a few comments that I've put down over on the website, on the blog, feats.uk, F-I-E-T-S dot U-K is the website. You'll find the article over there and you can also find a copy of the comments that I have submitted to Nuneaton and Bedworth Borough Council. Just before we go on for the last few little bits and pieces of this edition of the Feats podcast, just a reminder, if you want to support the podcast and you want to contribute to its ongoing success and future, you can do that by heading over to the website again, feats.uk, F-I-E-T-S dot U-K, where you'll find the option to uh, make either a one-off contribution or a monthly subscription if you wish to do so. Your contributions will go towards the continuation of this podcast, the uh, upkeep and maintenance of podcast hosting and the website hosting keeping the website advert free if possible and uh, all the time that's spent researching and writing articles and recording these podcasts so uh, any help that you can provide to keep all this going is very gratefully received but of course times are tough if you can't don't worry about it this is done because i believe in it and i think it's absolutely necessary but if you can help then please do head over to the website feats.uk and finally very quickly if you can get people listening there's the other way of helping is to get people listening to the podcast do share it with your friends your family your audience on social media wherever it might be let's get people listening to the feats podcast every every share every like every subscription every review all of it helps so uh, yeah do get the the word out there about the feats podcast moving on to some last little pieces then some little bits of information that have caught my eye over the last week or so first of all um was a story that was picked up by road.cc in turn about a story published by birmingham live about a couple of club cyclists who were rather critical of a wand-based separated cycleway in solihull now the cycleway in particular is one that's been funded by active travel fund monies awarded by the government and it's not a high standard cycle Away, I think it's fair to say. It's about three metres wide. It's separated from motor traffic by wands. So it's not ideal. I'll give them that. It's not ideal. And these cyclists are critical of this infrastructure. The thing is, though, this is infrastructure that's essentially replaced what was there previously, which was just painted lanes on the uh, on the side of the carriageway, something we see all far too often. Now, in my opinion, anything is better than painted lanes. In fact, in my opinion, nothing is better than painted lanes. In fact, if you've got painted lanes on your carriageways at the moment, at least based on my experience of what we've got here in Nuneaton, get rid of them. 
because they do not help. Paint offers no physical protection. It actually can encourage closer passes by drivers where they may see the cyclist is in their lane, the driver is in their lane, and therefore everything is fine and nobody needs to move. Whereas if you didn't have a marked cycleway, a driver might think, oh, cyclist, let me move over a little bit and give a bit more space. Whether it's one and a half metres or not, that's by the by. But they may well move over and afford the cyclist that little bit of extra space that they might not have done otherwise. Having a painted cycle lane implies that nobody needs to move because each user is in their own space. It's not safe, it's not ideal, and a lot of the time, painted lanes are just too narrow. I know we're talking about Solihull here, but just bringing it to Nuneaton, I can find examples of painted cycle lanes that are under one metre wide. I won't use them, they're not safe, they're dangerous, they encourage close passes. So, paint-only lanes, unless you're going to afford them some really generous amounts of space, forget them, they're bad. So this wand-based cycle lane has gone in in Solihull. And in my opinion, and bear in mind, and I will say this now, I've not ridden it. I've not seen it. This is all coming from photos that I've seen on the report from Birmingham Live and Road.cc. So let's put that caveat in there. But from the comparison of painted-only lanes versus a three-metre-wide bi-directional wand-separated cycleway, I will say a wand-separated cycleway is going to be better full stop. Is it going to be ideal? Absolutely not. But is it going to be better? And the answer is yes, it will be better. Now, keeping it anecdotal and keeping it to me and my experience, I ask myself the question, of the two roads, the same road, one with paint-only cycleways and one with the wand-based bi-directional cycleway, would I allow an eight-year-old to ride it? Now, if I'm thinking of Nuneaton, I can think of the A444 Weddington Road in Nuneaton. It's a 30-mile-an-hour road. It has mixed-use traffic, so cars, vans, lorries. It can be you know, quite heavy traffic at times because it is part of the major road network. It only has painted cycle lanes, and I will not allow an eight-year-old to cycle on that road. I do not consider it safe. If that road had wands and a three-metre bi-directional cycleway separated by wands, would I allow the, the child to cycle it? Potentially, yes. I will put potentially in there because the trouble is with wands, there is not a great deal of separation between the cycleway and the main carriageway. So if you're cycling against the flow of traffic, as is going to be the case on a bi-directional cycleway, it could be quite intimidating, particularly if you're faced with HGVs or the weather is bad and you're being blown about in the wind or the rain or whatever. So there are situations where I might think again and say, mm, maybe not, but the likelihood is for a wand-based cycleway, I would probably say, yes, a competent eight-year-old could cycle it. So already, personally speaking, have a much better and more accessible cycle route. Now, there's all the caveats about how you get onto this route. Does it connect to anything else? How does it deal with crossing side roads? Does it have to cross the main road? And if so, how? All these things may well be an issue. And I understand that with the Solihull scheme, that is potentially where there is some sticking points. Those things should be fixed, but that side, wands are better than paint only. But there was a particular comment from one of the cyclists in this piece, because it was on video by Birmingham Live, and one of the cyclists made a comment that used the term proper cyclists. Now, this is a term that the cyclist meant to mean club cyclists, 
people who ride fast they're all in the cycling kit they ride the road bikes this is what they consider proper cyclists and I'm, as i'm saying this i'm air quoting proper cyclists of course you can't see that this is a podcast not a vodcast um, but i am air quoting proper cyclists i do not like the term proper cyclists particularly used in the context that it was used in the uh, birmingham live interview if you ride a cycle of any form doesn't matter what it is it could be a regular bike it could be an e-bike it could be a tricycle uh, it could be a hand cycle it could be a cargo bike whatever if you are riding some form of cycle if you want to be identified as a cyclist you are a proper cyclist it is not an elitist thing and that's the thing this uh, this the way this came across this term proper cyclist in the context of somebody kitted out in the full sport kit for cycling with their road bikes you know clipped in gonna go fast as part of a club it's elitist and it's divisive and it does not help anybody so can we please get rid of this idea that proper cyclists are this small subset you know of cycle enthusiasts and that everybody else is not a proper cyclist because that is wrong and the infrastructure that goes in on roads the one separated cycleways all the way through to a proper high quality best LTN 120 standard cycleways with proper physical curb-based separation and buffer to the traffic. It's not for club cycling. It's for everybody. It's for the people to use their cycles when they're commuting, when they're going to school, when they're going to town, when they're visiting friends and family. And yes, when they're going out on a leisure ride, when they want to just go out for a bit of fitness and just for a bit of fun. It's for all of that. And all of these uses are perfectly valid. And these are all proper cyclists. So a bit of a rant from me, but it really winds me up this elitist attitude that, you know, this is no good for proper cyclists. Proper cyclists were not consulted. It's not specifically about you. You're riding for sport. You're riding for fun, I'm sure. But it's it's sport. And therefore, the infrastructure is not specifically for you. You have different needs to other people who are going about everyday life by cycle. You might be able to get an advantage of using the infrastructure, but it's not designed with sport in mind. Sport people, you have your own distinct needs. They're not necessarily going to be catered for by cycling infrastructure. Now, as I say this, I want cycling infrastructure to encompass everybody. I don't want people to be excluded by cycle infrastructure. You know, I want people to say, hey, I want to go out on my club ride. I want to go on my sporty ride and uh, I want to use this infrastructure. Absolutely. This is why I want absolute best quality infrastructure. This is why I want wide routes. You know, you talk about three meter bi-directional routes. Well, actually, I'd like four meters on key strategic networks on a core network that give people the space so that there is room for people to pootle along at 10 miles an hour but there is also space for people to nip past safely and easily at 20. I want it to be working for everybody so that everyone on cycles is safe in terms of being separate from motor traffic which is always going to pose the great danger to every cyclist regardless of their abilities. So I do want 
infrastructure to be accessible to everybody. And I get that maybe the wand-based separation in Solihull is not ideal for sporty riders. You've got high posts creating this separation, much easier to clip, I guess versus curb level separation you're very close to oncoming traffic because there isn't that buffer three meters maybe is not enough if there's a group of you going one direction and there's somebody coming in the other direction i get that but to say that oh proper cyclists weren't consulted well again it's elitist and it's divisive and i will say again ones are better than paint only infrastructure and this infrastructure is for getting those people who do not feel confident and able to go out on cycles at the moment it's enabling those journeys it's letting people think to themselves actually now i can take my bike because i don't have to mix with traffic so i found this very frustrating you sort of expect the slightly negative stories or not necessarily slightly negative, sometimes extremely negative stories from the local press, which pander to that sort of audience who get the clicks when they run an anti-cycling story. But we don't need cyclists to be feeding into that. If Birmingham Live wants to do a story about how this cycleway is not fit for purpose because of whatever reason, well, let's not have cyclists coming along and saying, actually, yeah, you're right. It's rubbish, isn't it? We need all cyclists to pull together and say we need good infrastructure and we need it for everybody. But we also need everyone to realise that it's not practical to click your fingers and have the highest quality infrastructure everywhere straight away. This is going to take time. And in the meantime, if we have a situation where we're going to compare paint-only infrastructure versus wand-based infrastructure, well, let's do the wand-based infrastructure if that's all we can have, because it's an improvement. It might not be perfect, but it's better than what was there before, and it can always be upgraded again at a later date. We're, uh, we're pretty much out of time for the podcast on this uh, this edition. In fact, we're way over time compared to the last few editions. So if you are still listening, thank you very much for uh, for bearing with me. One final thing to mention very, very quickly before I sign off. I'm not going to go into detail here, but if you're in Warwickshire, the County Council has a draft local cycling and walking infrastructure plan or LCWIP or LCWIP. It's out for consultation at the moment. Head over to the website feats.uk slash podcast. Go into this particular edition and you'll find a link through to that consultation. It runs from the 17th of June through to the 12th of August. There's a little bit of reading involved with this one. There's an introduction and then the, uh, the plan is broken down by borough so do make sure you spend the time to have a look through there i am going through it myself i will be publishing my thoughts and notes on the plan on the consultation uh, but with an uneaten and bedworth focus so if you uh, if you want to read my thoughts then uh, keep an eye on the feats website fiets.uk the feats website where i will be publishing those comments shortly but do take a look at the documents and get a feel for what is in the LCWIP. And uh, yeah, do make sure you respond to that consultation to make sure that uh, the, the plans are as good as they can be. There are also drop-in sessions around the county, one for each borough. So if you'd rather go to one of the drop-in sessions, uh, Warwickshire County Council have details on their website. And again, it will be linked through from my website, feats.uk slash podcast, F-I-E-T-S dot U-K slash podcast. 
And with that, I will say thank you very much for listening to the fifth edition of the Feats podcast. I am Bicycle Ben at Bicycle Ben UK over on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Bicycle Ben UK and Mastodon.online slash Bicycle Ben. If you listen on a podcast app, thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe. If you're not listening on the podcast app and you want to go to your app and search for Feats Cycle, F-I-E-T-S Cycle, find the podcast and subscribe over there. If you have the option to like or uh, to review the podcast, please do that. All of your feedback and comments are gratefully received and all will help to promote the podcast. And you'll also be able to listen to this edition over on YouTube as well, where I will put visuals of a recent bike ride in just to keep you visually entertained as well. Do join me next time on the Feats podcast, whenever that might be. As I always say, it's an irregular podcast. So however you want to subscribe, make sure you're subscribed or even just follow on social media where you'll get the notifications when I have a new edition launched for you. But otherwise, thanks again for listening and I will catch you next time on the Feeds Podcast. Bye-bye.